Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we have we have finished up the book Leech. Very interesting book. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this ending. Um, we do have to get a little bit warmed up here. Mm-hmm. It's a cold, cold winter. And it's that's true. It's so cold. Uh, so I have I have two topics that I want to talk about. Um, one of which is dumber than the other. <laughs> so I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how far we get on the first one, and I'm gonna keep an eye on the clock. Um, but let me let me start here. Okay. 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 So on the, on the honeymoon we went to uh, Merida, Mexico. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a very small detail, actually a detail that I don't know why we're not doing in the U.S. Okay. Which is the way that like houses are designed. Uh huh. Um, it's like a it's in in Merida. Mm-hmm. It's like a a courtyard situation. Okay. Okay. So 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 here. Okay. So you've got a city, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got streets running or running through, like let's in a in a grid pattern, let's say. Yeah. And then every house are all connected. Like a like a apartment building type thing. Yeah, like a bunch of towns. So there houses. are no like, there are no yards. Okay, okay, everything's connected, but the yard is in the middle of the house. Oh, this is this is also the case for like, not just yards and houses. It's the case for like, like anything. If like for example, parking lots. There's the front of the building. And then you can drive in, and then there's like a courtyard that the, you you can't see from the outside, but it's mm-hmm. like a big parking lot. So it's like everything is designed this way. Um, well, and I loved it. <laughs> I don't know why we're not doing it. Okay, so you loved it because you felt like you're in this little secluded area when you're in these courtyards. Is that right? There's like some separation from the street. Is that the there's, deal? There's some separation. Mm-hmm. Let's so like. If you're walking like around this. a if you're walking around a city here, um, let's say let's say a, a residential area, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got you've got uh, people's houses. They've got like a third of an acre, and the house takes up a small fraction of that, and then the rest of it is like yard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like honestly doesn't have a ton of utility, in my opinion. Okay, I mean trees are nice yeah but like the thing is you have the yard that's between the the street and the house right yeah yeah and often you'll have like a little landscaping uh-huh. uh depending on where you live you have maybe a tree and some grass yeah but it's like weird to use that space because you're next to the road and so like for one thing you don't have privacy oh. but you're also just like you're also just like next to the road you're which saying like kind of sucks you're saying use your big tall sturdy building to put it right by the road and then you have your nice grass area in this little secluded middle yeah oh luke 
It's why, so much better. Why are we doing this? Okay, I will say, I like, will say, a lot of apartment complexes, I think, do this, where they put the apartment right by the street, and then if they have a grassy area, it's, like, behind the apartment. Sh- yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sure. But for, like, houses, though. Right, just a house. Put it right up on the like, street. Yeah. And especially, ooh, okay. Because what you're, so a lot of... American cities aren't super densely packed, right? Yes. Yes. And I feel like is is Merida a pretty oh, is it like densely packed or what was this what was the vibe? Cuz like I've been in a, like European cities are pretty tightly packed and I don't know is that is that the vibe in Merida or It's it's I I think that a couple of things like the density is a vibe for one thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or or okay, you can either be like it seems dense or it is like when you look at the data it's dense right yeah Yeah. so um most of the things in merida were like one story so you're pretty limited on like how dense you can actually be yeah but because of because of what i've outlined it feels dense yeah yeah um because a lot of american cities i think it the residential areas don't feel super dense right um yes and i think but here's the thing about that. I think if you shoved everybody's houses right up to the street, like at the sidewalk, the backyard potential is massive. Because imagine everybody's right. backyard. It's just a big backyard that everybody kind of has that's behind everybody's houses. And like the houses are all serving as like a barrier for the <laughs> the street. I think it's a great vibe, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, I think that like where I live, for example, I I feel like the yard plus house size is similar to what I was seeing there. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way that they've designed it is that like the yard is just so much more useful now because right. it's in the middle. Right. And like when you're sitting out there, you're not like bothered by cars driving by Mm -hmm. you're not like having to wave at your neighbors that are walking by oh what are you talking about having to wave conscious you're not like self-conscious about being outside and everybody being able to see you get a little get a little tree in there you've got double the shade because you've got a tree and your house blocking it's it's awesome it's lovely yeah but your garden situation isn't going to be nearly as good because you're not going to get as much sunlight throughout the day like your house is going to be blocking some a good amount of the sun uh, well, all right hold on because i we need to welcome our listeners to the segment this is welcome to luke and dan's urban planning segment uh where we are just gonna <laughs> spitball about urban planning for a second uh because i want to go back to my idea about american cities so i think okay. i think luke my problem with this is this makes sense in a place that's i'm assuming that the climate in mexico and merida is such that you would want a lot of shade throughout the day yeah so yeah okay but in a lot of places, especially in the U.S., like maybe you don't need as much shade. Maybe you want to enjoy the sun a little bit. Um, sure. Okay. Shove everybody's houses to the front. Then you've got this big green canal that goes behind everybody's houses that you can fill. Like you can make it kind of grass or whatever. And then what you do, Luke, is you put a bike trail that goes down the mm. middle of that. Mm-hmm. So okay. you get you get cycling infrastructure automatically, like easy right it's just like oh yeah just put a bike trail down here it goes down the middle of the big green parkway and then right 
Right. Also, there's no cars around in this area. I, I, I do. I worry a little bit that you're getting into into territory that's like too hard to to coordinate. But I any any bike infrastructure I'm I'm here for. Um, also, I, I the main thing I think is even if you take away, even if you're not worried about like the shade mm-hmm. aspect of it, mm-hmm. just like the fact that you're outside area is no longer like open to the street Uh, it's not like public anymore it's like a private outside area it's it's a private more private i guess but b just like you're not the street just kind of sucks yeah the street does just kind of suck yeah (laughs) so just like even without the 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 shading aspect which in my area is very important but i realize that it's not everywhere yeah huge huge change I'll say also, you get to feel like you're in a castle, which I think is just awesome. Yep. Like, it's just, that's how a castle works. I'm, hey, I'm a little castle guy now. (laughs) Right. Bring me another Paloma. A little bit. (laughs) Get a little throne, put it out there in your courtyard. Right. Somebody fanning you. Get somebody with a big leaf, a big palm leaf or something to fan you off. That's nice. These are the perks. (laughs) These are the perks that come with come this with the type courtyard. of urban planning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that's Luke and Dandu urban planning. Um, I think we're I think we're running out of time for my next for my next intro. We 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 took more we took more time on that than I was expecting. Uh, so I have you, to save. Okay, you're gonna save. You don't want to speed run it because we could speed run it. Do I want to speed run? If it? you feel like it deserves the time, then we'll save it. But otherwise, we could. I don't think it deserves the time. I think it's gonna be a quick one. Let's right, speed. Let's, let's speed, speed run, run this. Um, do you remember sunroofs in cars? What? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What? What the fuck were we doing with sunroofs? <laughs> Luke, we all saw those movies where the people stood up on the seats and poked their head out and went yay and we said that looks fun let's do that and then we all right, bought yeah, cars that's the only that, that's the only use case yeah but have you done that before i i think so because every car from the t- from like 2005 to 2015 had a sunroof in it correct yeah it's amazing stick no, your face not, what we, what <laughs> Stick your face out of the sunroof and look around, maybe yell a little bit, say hi to your friends, do a little woo, and it's great. Now, is it <laughs> worth terrible. the cost and effort that goes into putting a sunroof in a car? Absolutely not. No. It's a stupid <laughs> idea. However. It was, everybody was enamored with it for a few years. You got to try it. What is dude. this? You got to try it. You're right, though. Friggin' yeah. everybody had a sunroof, and now I don't. I can't think of a single person whose car has a sunroof that they even use. I have not been in a car with the sunroof open in a very long time. And never. Okay, not never. Sure, but like, I think I had a car, or not? Yeah, I think my first car had a sunroof on it. Literally, never used it. Okay, well, that's your mistake. It's my mistake. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um. <laughs> okay. That's our speed run, I guess. Yeah. Of this of my sunroof rant. All right. Let's get let's get into the book. Okay, the leech. Uh this book took a turn, huh? Before we get into the details, <laughs> how about that turn that this book took, huh? I feel like I don't even know what turn you you mean. 
I mean, the turn of like, it started off as sort of like a mystery about what's this little black thing doing? What's this little right parasite guy? And then it's like, let's talk about let's talk about capitalist exploitation of labor and child like sexual assault trauma. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, okay, that's the turn you mean. That's yeah, the turn I mean. I mean of like, oh yeah, now this is about childhood sexual assault trauma. Yes. That was that was a that was a tough one. Um that I honestly don't even know how to talk about. I don't either. And so we will probably be avoiding it for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. it was tough. It was tough. Uh it okay. It very much made wh- who's the guy's name? Didera? Didier? Didier or whatever. Uh for a while he was like kind of the best guy around. Um Yeah immediately goes to pretty much the bottom <laughs> yeah like for sure. For sure big bottom. turn on him because he starts off kind of fine uh <laughs> and ends horrible right if you right. told biggest me fall, biggest fall of a character if I you think. told me in within the first few chapters oh yeah uh he's gonna get burned alive and he's gonna deserve it i would have been like what <laughs> not this guy and you're and you're gonna be hyped that it's happening yeah and you're gonna be like finally yeah 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 that's man i do think i do think if we're ever gonna do a competition for um biggest turnaround of a character right what's the opposite of most improved (laughs) Worst reveal. Whatever the opposite of most Im- most Im- most improved player. Yeah. Uh, whatever the opposite of that, I think Didier, Didier is going to win. Does seem to win that. Yeah. Yeah. Big issue yeah. with Didier. And I guess you know the clues have been there. Okay. I guess this was kind of clever then. All right. Mm, I guess this was kind of a good reveal because it was a mystery of a different kind, right? We're trying to solve this mystery of like, oh, what's this thing? And how do we solve it? Whatever. And then it's like, hey, you ignored all the clues that Didier is assaulting this kid. Right. And like, hmm. Yeah, you know what? There were a lot of hints that something was going on here that we just totally avoided because it wasn't relevant to the black parasite thing. This this is a good point because the the mysteries and the questions that i feel like i had in the first half of the book are not answered no not really um some of them whereas i feel like if i went sure but if i feel like i feel like if i went back and reread i would i would i would pick up on some clues for the mysteries that i didn't even know at the time were little mysteries right right yeah so uh, good job i think pretty good pretty good pretty good work there sure i will say i don't think even if i was like really good at picking up on clues i find i don't know if i'm figuring this out (laughs) ahead of time because like hard for my mind to go there i think yeah kind of one of the last places i'm gonna go actually right right 
Um, but yeah, very tough, very tough to read. I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. Um, Luke, why do they keep trying to make kids? Mm. You mean, you mean, uh, Didier and, and his wife and his wife, Helen or Helena or whatever her name is. Yeah. Like, um, she is like eight or nine months pregnant and the doc, the doctor is like, Hey, it's any day now you shouldn't be drinking. And, and Helen is just like, whatever, it's going to come out like a jumbled up bunch of organs anyway, that you're going to put in a tube and send to the Institute. So it doesn't fucking matter. Don't worry about it. Right. What? What? At a certain point, just stop. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know who's who is this for at this point. Like I I get that it's like a hereditary or or like the the position of leading this town whatever. Yeah. Is like a hereditary thing and you kind of need like an heir, I guess. Um, but no one really, you're right. No one really thinks it's going to work. Nope. It's miserable for, for Helen. Um, yeah, no one, it's, no one's enjoying this, I guess. So let's, (laughs) let's, let's cut it out. (laughs) Yeah. Like just get a mistress or something, dude. I don't know why, like just like i don't know i feel like there's other solutions here where if it's like yeah we need to make an heir just like yeah get a mistress or somebody else and then pretend like it's your baby (laughs) right or like i don't even really know why it has to be it doesn't seem like there's really any like friction in the idea of just passing it on to someone that you want to pass it on to Mm. oh you're right like are the i don't think the townspeople are going to be like uh no (laughs) (laughs) you weren't appointed by the dead gods to be our baron right yeah No no one cares i don't think oh you're so right what are they doing stop trying to stop making these horrible messes stop right just don't guys stop it <laughs> um okay since since we're talking about this time what what are the dot the twins yeah are they ghosts i don't know man <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right all right let's this is the question we need to discuss because there's a few points to for and against them being ghosts most obvious point against them being ghosts is like people everybody can see them and they talk to them and and they they are they can touch them and they can touch them okay those are points against them being ghosts okay now points for them being ghosts uh they can potentially phase through walls um yes they cause destruction in the house they're like kind of poltergeists in a way they like cause things to fall and break and stuff um they talk all creepy <laughs> that's a big one. right they talk like I feel ghosts like, i i feel like actually poltergeists is the correct term yeah they seem that way don't they yeah 
And mm, especially because, especially because they have this certain quality to them that makes them seem not real. And that quality is their heads are always stuck together when the solution is like, yeah, just cut their hair short. <laughs> like, th- this is not a hard problem to solve, and it seems incredibly inconvenient. Just give them <laughs> short haircuts. Why? <laughs> right. Why are we tolerating these children to walk around head to head? <laughs> How inconvenient is that? Right. Yeah. It's a weird thing. The Another reason that I was thinking that they could genuinely be ghosts is that I, I, I do think that there are ghosts. Okay. Partially because Emil, who at this point I'm trusting anything he says, <laughs> um, is like, I, I forget the exact details, but something happens and he's like, oh, I was, I thought that it might be ghosts and I was expecting there to be like a little bit of ectoplasm right there. And it's like, oh, okay. So like, that's a thing that we're doing. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't tell if he legitimately, like he literally thought there were ghosts or if it was more of like a metaphor or like a sarcastic kind of comment. Yeah. Could, I could be, I interpreted it as literal, so I think there are ghosts, um, but but I I do think I do think the the twins are, are poltergeists. I'd have to actually look up what the details of what a poltergeist is, but I it feels good. Yeah, it does feel good to me too. Um, which honestly, in this in this world, not that far fetched. The, that's not even the craziest thing we've been introduced to because we have not addressed this crazy eternal elk that mm, is mm-hmm. unkillable, causes a huge storm anywhere it goes and is like, I don't know, 12 feet tall and is just like a mystical, like a demon unicorn, essentially. Right, right. Like and, and I feel like you're saying you're you're saying that as a as a singular object. I I feel like these things are all over the place. Yes, yes. And so like ghosts, not even that crazy. Right. <sighs> okay. Okay. It's it's a it's a it's a tough place. Tough place to stay. Yeah. Um Um I I do like this area, I can't tell if this area in particular is the creepy spot and the rest of the world is like, you know, obviously I don't know if post-apocalyptic is the world, but like, I maybe just not creepy. I mean, but I feel like there's a little bit of the a, a little bit of the Montish situation mm-hmm. is is kind of seems like gothic. One thing I love about it is um, when we hear I think priests telling some stories. The doc, our doctor, is like. It was just like all the other Montish stories in that uh, <laughs> they're tragic, directless, directionless, and have no clear moral. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that for us. Yeah. I, that's a good yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> I mean... You mean a story where a woman actually, leads, tries to lead a revolution, fails, and then 
weeps so much her body turns to dust before she births a baby. <laughs> right. Right. What, what a good Pretty story. Cool. Pretty cool. This actually leads me to the question, is this book a Montish tale? No, I don't. Oh, this is actually a good question. I don't think so. Okay. Certainly tragic. Yes. But I feel is like... Is there a clear moral? I don't know. No. I don't think so. However, in none of the Montish tales does anybody get anything that they want. Okay. It feels like uh, Emile and Simone kind of end up getting what they want a little bit. Like they escape. I guess... Yes. And Emil kind of gets revenge. I don't know if it's satisfying, but they do get right. revenge on the people that hurt them. Sure. Okay. Okay. That doesn't feel Montish. I, I, Montish to me feels like, uh, and then one day Emil went out in the cold and turned into an ice sculpture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like if they had both just been killed by the uh the magical elk thing yeah that's a that's a good montish story i think right right that but but like okay. that yeah that didn't happen so it doesn't feel montish because of that but yeah if they'd been killed by the elk i think that would have been a great montish story actually <laughs> i'm now choosing to believe so the very end yeah the very very end um, they're on the train and Emil like opens this door and seems really joyful in mm-hmm. in in a way. I'm choosing to believe that a strong wind blows them out of the train <laughs> and they die. <laughs> and that's the end. That's Luke that's is, the real end. Luke is and that's choosing my, that's a Montish story. story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh all right, Luke, I'm not because I would like a little bit of joy at the end of this terrible tale um it's fair how we might not have a good answer to this question but so the baron it said at one point it said at one point that baker had to go get some wire from this hydroelectric dam because the baron's liver had tripped a fuse had blown a fuse Mm -hmm. how how much of this baron is just robot parts. Like, what? Hmm. I can't figure out how old and decrepit or not this Baron is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is this a general grievous situation? Or is this, like... uh, How old is this guy? I don't know about age. Um, I do think that, like, Didier, for example, is his son. Yes. Right? Yes. And Didier is like a normal age, relatively. Yeah. So I feel like the Baron is like, can't be that old, I don't think. But he just like is full of wires. He's just like, yeah, I'd like liver two. I'd like liver 2.0, please. <laughs> well, I, so, okay. All of his, I think he's very decrepit to yeah. answer that part of it. Okay. I don't think it's a general grievous situation because that implies like some level of strength and like, yeah, 
And he, he doesn't have any lightsabers. At least we've not seen him show off any lightsabers. So far, very few lightsabers. And all of his organs are outside his body, it seems. Oh, you're saying the mechanical ones are internal. Rather than the other way around. I don't around. know how. I don't. I feel like. I actually don't know. Because I was interpreting it as like his organs were outside of his body and connected to what they needed to be connected to still, but they were outside of his body because like they needed to be for them to do the procedures that would keep him alive. Right. Right. But I don't necessarily know where the like electrical components come into play for that. Okay. Well, because we've seen like Baker has a heart that's fake and I think it's actually like internal to his body. Yes. Um, and at one point they talk about the spleen sponge for the Baron. Right. And I don't remember if they said that was external or internal. Um, point is, I think, like, what? We got to let this guy die. Give it up. Give it up, buddy. It wouldn't be hard. I feel like it wouldn't even be hard. We right. wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to shoot we... him in the face. You'd just have to be like, oh, can't find the plastic for your spleen sponge. So... That's it. Right. And I think we talked about this last episode where it's like, I don't really know what value he's adding. Yeah. Aside from just crank, like pure crankiness. Mm-hmm. Which is important. Is it? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Adds to the vibe for sure. It does add to this horrible Northern vibe. Um, and I, I imagine it makes the story sound a lot better when you're like, yeah, I'm from the north where the winters are cold. The elk try and murder you on sight and disembowel you. And the baron is the worst guy. <laughs> so I'm pretty badass. Thanks. <laughs> That's true. That is pretty That is pretty badass. Um, yeah, this guy, he can go. The problem is then it goes to, to, to yeah, Didier. Also not Who good. we hate. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. No good options. Pretty terrible, actually. Kind of glad it all exploded. Um, disappointed that Baker went out first. Yeah. I feel like Baker could have been a good leader. Or at least him and Priest, I feel like, could have been a good duo. Well, the tough thing is that I don't really know what makes a good leader in this situation. I don't really know what the what the thing is. Hmm. Beyond, like, accounting. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I feel like this Montish woman who was leading a rebellion was like at least interested in the well-being of the workers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, for sure, for sure. But I, I just mean like I don't I it seems like anyone could do Oh, I see what the you're baseline saying. Baseline level of this? I see what you're saying. You're saying like in order to fill the role that the current leadership is filling, it doesn't seem like it's a hard job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like <laughs> they aren't even necessarily doing all of the accounting themselves. Emil does a lot of the number crunching. He does the book. Yeah. What, what is this? Uh, okay. Yeah. Give but- him a better title. <laughs> if we're letting Emil do like a lot of the accounting, we cannot call him houseboy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, houseboy! I need you to. <laughs> I need you to do my accounting. Do my number books. I can't do them, and also sweep up my vomit from that 
crazy drinking that I did. Right. House boy. <laughs> I yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Why does anybody listen to them? This... I mean, maybe it's literally just the fact that the constable listens to them. Sure, okay. Either that, or this is a power structure imposed on this place by the governor. Because we hear tell mm. that there is a governor in in Altus, in the main city, that has like a lot more power, it sounds like. Yeah. And this could be a situation where the governor's just like, yeah, you got a baron, he's the one in charge. Don't change it, or I'm gonna send a big, a big Hindenburg with a gun on it to deal with you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, because anyway, otherwise, anyway, anyway, it's it's, it's tough up there. Uh, it's, the last thing I want to say about the Baron, though, before we move on. Okay, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna refer to the Institute as Greg, based on our precedent from yeah. last time. How terrible of a doctor are they that the Baron is seriously infested with this parasite? Like, so infested it's coming out of his mouth. (laughs) And you didn't notice until he's, like, eating his favorite meal. He's eating the dessert course that apparently he eats every night and nobody makes it to because... He insults them so bad they leave. And at this meal, that's when you learn he is infested with this parasite. So bad. Right. You are constantly up in his guts, like literally up in there, <laughs> making his internal organs work, and you didn't notice. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, for one thing, it seems that the 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 parasite is always like in the head okay yeah sure let's let's um i'm not necessarily saying that's an excuse because i do i do agree with you um <laughs> uh, i don't know i just like come to be, okay here's here's my here's my to be fair <laughs> after uh greg learns about the parasite yes they start like going insane okay okay and so greg as they transition into simone is like drunk as hell for most of this book okay fair however they still have to be dealing with the baron stuff right and i imagine that first week that they're there they they do. You've got to do a physical. You you got to do a first day physical with the Baron. Like, hey, I'm your new doctor. I'm gonna get a baseline so I understand like how your body works. Can you open up your mouth and say ah? I'm gonna put this little tongue depressor in. Look, uh, look at the back yeah. of your throat. Whoa, what's that back there? <laughs> hey, what's that little guy right, doing? The open your mouth. The open your mouth and say ah thing seems like seems like we'd. It's a good one for this for this <laughs> circumstance. Right, that's day one stuff. I don't. I'm not a, even a doctor, and I know that. <laughs> also, also, anyone that has dark bags around their eyes, yeah, you're infected. I'm sorry, you <laughs> to say it. You've got some disease. Come into my quarantine zone. I gotta cut you just a little bit. 
I gotta take the I gotta take those eyeballs. Just one of them though. I gotta start with one. <laughs> um the uh, similarly so I have I I have a separate note about this, but Helen, the wife. Yeah. I, I forget if it's actually Helen, but close enough. Um so the boil was real? And I was I can't the parasite? I don't know, Luke. I don't know because initially it seemed like a weird like sexual harassment thing. Yes. Yes. Um and I feel like okay. I don't think there were initially any outward signs of a boil. I don't think okay. When you looked, you would see a boil on her body because I think I am holding to the idea that initially Greg was whole when they came to this place and they were infected like after they went to the mine. Yes, I think that's true. And so and and, and I and I do agree with how you interpreted the boil situation originally. Yes. Now, did that change later on? Perhaps. I think it may have changed later on. And it's also clear Luke that how long do you think people in this town have been infected? I don't I don't know. Um I feel like a long time. I feel like since the blast actually. Okay. Here's the here's the thing I'm trying to parse, right? It seems like people infected with this try to get really close to fire because the parasite is like trying to spread and it spreads by going in fire. Yes. Um I feel like there would be a lot more burn victims every year if this had been happening for years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Okay, here's here's actually my question. Mm-hmm. I imagine that old Doc, Stanislaus. Yes, Sloss. <laughs> Sloss for short. Um, <laughs> was infected at the same time as the other. If anyone else was infected... Is at the same time. That feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Sloss, I think, only died a week or two before Simone gets there. Uh, yeah, I think it true? was like it was like potentially less than a week. Right. I think it's it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. And considering how quickly Simone starts going downhill after after they are infected, it can't have been that long. Right. Right. So so I think I think I'm amending I think I'm amending my thoughts too much more recently. But I, I don't know what the I don't know what the like first I I don't know what the kickoff was if it's not the blast from what was it, a couple years ago? Yes. Yes. I believe so. Um Yeah, I don't think we ever learned that. I think that's one of the mysteries actually. Yeah, um, man. But the whole town is infected at this already, right? Yeah, they for sure are. For sure, for sure. Um, let me actually go back to a note that I said last week, which is uh, to like go in with a flamethrower to head to the cave, right? <laughs> yeah. So, 
So as we learn, that would not be the move. <laughs> Turns out that would be the opposite of the move. Yeah. The opposite of the move. So what do you do, actually? Yeah, this is a great question because Simone or Greg, I guess, tries a bunch of stuff and nothing works. Yeah. Oh, I know. Is it just containment? You Here's what you do, Luke. You get a bunch of dogs and you say, go nuts. Because <laughs> apparently the dogs just love it. The dogs love it. And the dog was able to survive. The dogs... Greg later on is talking about how the dogs have immunity, like somewhat of a natural immunity to it. Yes. So like, let the dogs have at it. Let the dogs out. Who who let the dogs out? Like, <laughs> exactly. It, it does seem like uh, anyone from this, any any being from the from the like Montish, uh, I don't know society is good which i think the dogs are yeah yeah man that's what you got get get a meal in there just just give him a give a meal a baseball bat <laughs> send him in a meal a baseball bat and go, go nuts tell him to go nuts yeah okay that should work they'll have this cleared up in no time <laughs> Um, I think so. Emil's titles are now houseboy, accountant, uh, Batman, dog, dog trainer, and Batman. And yes, Batman. that's correct. Is is what that term means in this book? Yeah. Um. Okay. Luke, there there was a note that I <laughs> there was a note that I have here written down that I'm realizing based on how the book ends is kind of answered so there's this scene where greg is trying to propagate themselves and they take mm -hmm. emil into their room they tie them up they take their clothes off and they inject them with this kind of bacteria or whatever it is fungus that will propagate themselves that is them yeah and Emil escapes and runs down the stairs and like interrupts dinner and mm. they make eye contact. Greg and Emil make eye contact and Didier is like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, <laughs> because I think Emil is like naked, I think, or is like in a state of undress. Yes. My note here is like, there's got to be some serious questions for the doctor. Uh, after this little interaction here. But then we find out what's actually been going on with Didier. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe he yeah, wouldn't maybe he wouldn't be asking these questions. <laughs> right. Um uh, again, just a tough tough stretch <laughs> for Emil. Yeah overall yeah um, just things not going well even though he's like the most capable at everything he's kind of great yeah he's not, yeah uh, i don't know I, w I wish him well me too you know <laughs> go live your life enjoy that <laughs> tale it sounds fun the tale seems <laughs> the tale now is 
forever forever unclean though just because of didier it's it's yeah i don't i i you could never have prepared me for what i was gonna read (laughs) with with the tail situation i know yeah god um it's so unfair. It's so unfair that Didier gets to ruin the tale because the tale is so cool. Yeah. The Montish are like literally mole people. They're like actually literally mole people who have this cool tale. They can use it to like direct people and like communicate and they can whip it around. It's fun. And it's, and yeah, no longer though. Oh, Didier. It's completely just completely ruined (laughs) it's unfortunate i agree Mm -hmm. i agree uh okay i want to bring up a question that i think um uh i'm translating a little bit from from torden's comment in our in our subreddit Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna ask is the is having a hive mind doctor good i think it's it's implied a little bit here that the institute or greg is bad and we should stop them right yeah which i think the way that they're going about it yes sure however if we were all if we were all on the same page Uh uh-huh it's like hey the institute is actually this one hive mind it's greg um we got to figure out the best way to do this i think that actually turns into a net positive okay right because on the one hand greg is very effective right greg is a very effective doctor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it's like you know they have a lot of resources at their disposal they can get a lot of data points um i i understand that perspective on the other hand if I'm in that room with Greg and Greg's like, hey, look, this is not operable. It's really not good. But we could take you to the Institute, give you a little injection. You could be a doctor like me. You could join me. <laughs> I don't think I'm trusting right. Greg. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm going to get, can I get a second opinion? It's like, actually, you can't. Ooh, okay. Actually, you can't get a second opinion because it's all me. Hi, I'm the only doctor. <laughs> and so if I say ah. I don't think you're going to make it unless we give you this injection, like that's <laughs> kind of true. Okay. Okay. This is a good point cuz I was thinking of it as like a like a donating your body to science type thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. However, <laughs> you bring up a good point. <laughs> Maybe it's like maybe it's it's we set a number of Gregs, right? The 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 Greg Accords, uh-huh, <laughs> of 21,852 is the year. I'm right. Guessing. Right. Um yeah. where we're keeping the number of Gregs at 1000. Okay. I think we need to do a Gregs per capita though, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. And so we have like <laughs> I don't know, one Greg per 10,000 people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's tough to get around. It's tough to get around the... It is. It is. Especially... 
You have to also consider yeah. the fact that Greg is not interested in like bottom of the barrel humans to be a part of Greg. Greg is like, I want the right. smart ones. I want the ones who are really clever and smart and good at things. And so if I'm going in there and I'm like, hey, I just need, he- I'm just here for a checkup. And Greg's like, hey, uh, your ACT score is really good. Uh, super excited <laughs> about that. I'm just going to, oh, can you drink this for me real quick? I might say no. <laughs> I might be like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Good try, though. Ooh. Ooh. This is this is interesting because if you're if you're considered a smart person, you can't go to the doctor anymore. Nope, <laughs> nope, because they might get you. <laughs> okay. Plus, okay. I think Man. even setting a limit on the Gregs is tough because if Greg decides they don't want to abide by the limit, you just gotta shuffle people around. You just gotta be like, uh, yeah, totally. I only have like ten thousand of me uh yeah for sure for sure just don't count if you could not count that'd be cool or just tell me when you're gonna right. count it's a good it's a good point because like with the uh like technological limits of the civilization counting would not be possible so you would have to trust greg and we're not trusting greg <laughs> no okay you, okay you would need it like an ancillary justice situation you would need two gregs right or it can be like, Greg will watch Greg. Pseudomonas. Come on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Here's here's the deal. Pseudomonas gets released every 10 years. <laughs> There's a little culling of the Gregs. Everything turns into a, a huge horror horror story. It's a little festival. A little. It's like the World Cup. It happens every four years, and everyone's really excited to watch. No, everyone's terrified that little <laughs> black tentacles will come out of their mouths. <laughs> right it's not good Ugh. it's not great okay yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer is i do mm. is there a profession where having a hive you would want a hive mind though like i don't think doctor is the one is there a different profession of somebody that we would interact with that we would be like oh you got a hive mind you're a hive mind okay I mean, I feel like sci- like scientist generally. Okay, yeah, sure. But let's because because like you have if you have Greg in all the different fields of science, right? Yeah, you have one mind that is now an expert in everything. Okay, I think you get much faster advances that way. I think this is fair. I think this is less fun though than just like my barber is a hive mind and can give me the latest fashion that they're doing in China. <laughs> like I want the Beijing cut, please. You know what the I t- mean? Okay, the tough thing, the tough thing about this though is you're getting a little bit of groupthink, which I I realize is actually going to be an issue in everything including the science. Thing. Correct, yeah. But I worry I worry that your fashion it's going to converge. It's going to be is going to be very circular and you're not going to get anything new. Okay, well then you just say, "Hey, give me something new." You're like, "Hey, you've seen everything. You've seen what everybody is wearing on their head. You've seen like literally everybody. Give me a new one right now." <laughs> give me a new and one. And they could be like, "You know okay. what? All right. Let's figure out a new one." <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, oh. Oh. Weather? weather maybe 
The weather, you weatherman? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, they could be like, hey, there is a storm uh, about 300 miles to the east and it is moving this direction. We're going to keep an eye on it, though, and we'll let you know. <laughs> I think I think more generally newscaster. Oh, yeah. News, news, news is traveling quick. Uh, ooh, I actually don't love Greg newscaster. On every corner. <laughs> I don't love newscaster. It feels too high stakes to me to give to one hive mind to tell me what's going on because then i'm gonna rely on it actually and then there's like that feels very dangerous just like doctor yeah does feel dangerous but like weatherman i feel like weatherman's okay Mm -hmm. i feel like Mm -hmm. weather is like hey greg you did not get the weather right today like (laughs) what what the fuck's up (laughs) right you can step in as soon as you learn that greg is messing up with the weather it's like it's very obvious yeah and it's it's low stakes too. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go weatherman. Ideal Greg positioning. Weatherman's good or like travel agent. I like a Greg travel agent as well. Ooh. Bus driver. Greg bus drivers. Oh, wait a minute. Replace all transit with Greg's. <laughs> you kidding me? No stoplights anymore. Oh, yeah. No, none. So efficient. No communication needed. Just get in your Greg car, your Greg mobile. Take you wherever you want to go. (laughs) I think we're going to have to workshop that name a little bit. Okay. Uh, Okay. They know as soon as there's traffic anywhere, if there's an accident or Mm -hmm. something, you get rerouted. I mean, we're kind of just describing... No, there's no need. There's no need. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Luke. You're right. There's never an accident. How could there be an accident? If it's all Greg? It's it's all Greg. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, not bad. Not bad. I like this. Let's do that. I think that's the move. This feels... Yeah, I would totally be on board with that, Greg. Um... Anything else we would want to Greg? I mean, we're kind of just describing an AI right now. Like what we're describing with the I car mean, yeah. thing is just like a self-driving car network system. Um, but is there anything else where we would Greg it up and we'd be cool with it being a Greg? Now this is kind of... The, the, the thing is like all of the good ones are too dangerous. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Or they're like super unethical. Like if this was a different kind of pod, we'd be talking about a a border that's patrolled entirely by Greg. We'd be like, yeah, get Greg on the border. Forget a wall. Greg's the wall. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, this actually would be bad. Because then I'm thinking of a Greg phone service that's like, hey, you want to call my aunt? So we're both going to go to the Greg zone and just talk to Greg and he's going to relay the message and Greg will relay the message to Aunt Aunt Julie. Uh, okay. But this is like an NSA situation that I'm not super into. Yeah, that's gets that gets bad pretty quick. Where Greg just knows everything. Yeah. All of them are, all of them get have the potential to be very bad unless you have a second greg to 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 play defense on greg number one who watches the watchman uh, greg too 
Greg too watches. You got to set them against each other. This this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You need to create a football league in this world and get a Greg that roots mm. for one team and a different Greg that roots for another one, and then they will never be friends. Okay. Those two teams okay. are always in the playoffs. <laughs> right. Find, find. I think we have to find a way to separate Greg into two Gregs. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way. Do a little ancillary justice. Yeah. Let's get. Let's get a. If, and then, and then, uh, and then basketball teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, can you imagine the team chemistry on a Greg <laughs> basketball team? Wait. Oh, yeah. This sport. Greg. Okay. Greg athletes would be great. No harm there. Right. Yes. But you need two. You need two Gregs against each other. Because if it's just one Greg <laughs> playing against the same Greg, then it's just like a show. Then it's pro wrestling. However, could still be very entertaining, right? Sure. I, I think it could be entertaining. I think it's better if you have two, though. Luke, what? okay, we're going to go off on a little tangent here. What if instead of being into medicine, this Greg was into sport and theater and was like, okay, so th- we're okay. We've been talking about a world where we know Greg is a hive mind. I'm going to take us back out of that world into the current world of Leech where they don't know Greg's a hive mind. Imagine mm-hmm. the sports narratives in this universe if Greg is the only thing that's doing athletics. The stories. And no one knows. And no one knows, that, no it's one just knows Greg. that it's just Greg. Greg gets to control everything about the narrative. The comebacks, the incredible comebacks, the like underdog victories, these, the led, they're legendary. These athletic pursuits are legendary because Greg is just creating the most intense narrative. Okay. Crazy, right? Crazy how the Patriots came back from a 30 point deficit to win, huh? I know, man. It's the Falcons. That was wild. It's almost like there's a hive mind controlling everything. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm. It's a good point. It's a good point. Greg's the ref, too, of course. <laughs> the funny thing about Greg being the ref is... <laughs> is when players are arguing over a call. <laughs> and if there's like... Poor refing, or like Greg is trying to create a storyline of this game what happened because the refing was bad. Oh, yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> it gets very. The good thing though, it ties Greg up. Greg's thinking up new things all the time. Yeah, it's always there's always something new for Greg to be cooking up. Plus, there's a bunch of different sports. What's going? What's go? What's Greg's plan for hockey? this year Mm -hmm. it can't be the same as basketball right right? i don't know that's a good one that's a good one golf doesn't exist because who's gonna watch golf ever right it's always got to be two teams playing each other i still think i still think we split we find a way to split greg and play them and and play them against each other i think that's fun yeah that would be fun i agree (laughs) it's all about then it's all about whose bodies there's a draft. There's still a draft. I don't. It's very immoral. I don't Even like more this. immoral than the previous draft. It's bad. Yeah, it's it terrible. gets bad. Okay. I th- let's 
Listeners, if you have any good applications for Greg that we have missed, let us know. Uh huh. Um, do you have any more notes, or should we or should we get to reviews? I've got one more. No, actually, okay. uh, last application that I just thought of real quick before we get into this note, and it is related. You're gonna see how it's related in a second. A uh, pizza delivery. Okay. You just be like, you, instead of, all right, obviously you can't have the whole phone system set up so that Greg is transmitting all messages, but you want a pizza, you go to your local Greg and you're like, I'd like a pizza. And the Greg is like, okay, here's the closest pizza place. They will bring it to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Now, here's how this is related. The end of this book, they are skiing away from this burning village, right? Mm-hmm. Skiing is not something where you just slap on two pieces of wood and can immediately do it with proficiency to travel any distance. Um, So Emil is for sure doing this adeptly because Emil grew up in this place and has skied for many years. Simone (laughs) is not. Simone is doing the pizza all the way down the mountain. (laughs) As they are escaping from this burning village. Right. Because Simone is like, I don't know how to ski. I don't know what you're... You can't just hand me skis and be like, all right, come on, let's get out of here. I don't know how to do this. Okay. Yes. Um, This is a good point. I I do think Simone says at some point that uh, she has a little bit of a memory of how to do it. But I don't think it's enough. She's, um, she's doing the pizza. She's doing the pizza all the way down the hill. She is doing the pizza all the way down the hill. This is true. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's cru- I was going to say they're, they're just like a mad out rush to get away. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. So if it's all downhill, it's maybe okay. But I think they're doing a little cross country skiing. Yes. Which is also exhausting. <laughs> tough yeah it's um i don't you gotta you gotta do a little have a little bunny slope training session first emil right there's there's an efficiency to this yeah that's a little counterintuitive where you would think that you should just like always be going but actually if you do a little lesson at first Maybe intersperse a couple lessons. Mm-hmm. Your average speed increases enough to 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 get there faster. Right, and then you're having fun. You're not frustrated the whole time, you know. Right. <laughs> Maybe take it off some jumps. <laughs> right, it's a good point. It's a mm-hmm. good point. <laughs> All right, Luke. Let's get to reviews, huh? Okay. Yes. Um, I don't even know how to review this one, honestly. Uh, yeah the ending was so heavy honestly the ending of this reminded me a little bit of the library at mount char in that there was suddenly a bunch of real serious abuse that mm-hmm. happens and I, I guess the library at mount char there is abuse throughout it um but the, the ending here was tough um it's very dark, yeah. I did actually really appreciate the mystery. The the transformation in the mystery I thought was very good because I was interested in this black 
parasitic organism for a while and the other mysteries were kept hidden because of that right like it was a distracting presence in the like bigger story of what was going on um right i also like at the end here how like things are bad at the end they have not dealt with any of the problems of this (laughs) that they set out with at the beginning um correct and i kind of was into that like i it's it's weird but the fact that it didn't resolve the initial problem that they came to solve is like a is good i was into it um okay i felt like i wanted more montish stories honestly Mm -hmm. i did really like those and i kind of wanted a little bit more of how greg worked like that was very interesting Mm -hmm. i think i liked it luke i think i liked it (laughs) um yeah i think hmm yeah i don't know what else to say i don't know what else to say but i kind of i (laughs) kind of liked it okay okay um I, I mean, I I think that I liked it as well. It's very, it's a very strange book in a lot of ways, not not just the obvious ones. So, it's very different from a book that I normally read and that we normally read for the pod because I feel like the books that I usually gravitate to are more like very. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of like the Brandon Sanderson style mm. where the writing style doesn't matter the like story and characters do. Mm-hmm. And this felt the opposite of that. Where I feel like the 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 writing style was very cool. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And was kind of like a big part of it. And I was initially going to say that the book was about like how it was written and the like way that the perspective was written and about this like weird idea right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that the characters like i wasn't really super attached to the characters Mm -hmm. yeah but then it kind of flips at the end where the the like resolution part is not resolving the story it's really like more about the characters right yeah yeah which was just an interesting an interesting swap um i don't know how i felt about it necessarily like yeah i think it was a very interesting book and like cool to read i don't think it's my normal type of book so it's a little bit hard for me to rate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a review yeah yeah i i think you're right i think your analysis of like the beginning and the, the what the transition is 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 totally accurate that's what i was thinking that i couldn't verbalize um i thought the world was cool i thought the world building was good uh but you're right by the end it's all about like the characters and their personal struggle um right which is very but i hadn't really cared about the characters up until then correct yeah yeah and i still don't know if i really do yes i think if they had had more about the backstory like if we had more flashbacks Mm -hmm. maybe that would have done that because i think you're right i think you're right um okay but anyway luke but it's good yeah it's good it's good 
Um, okay, let's 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 talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in the in the future. Um, okay, so first I'll say next week we're going to be reading Grace Link by Kristen Kishore. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't necessarily know about the exact timing, but we are looking forward a little bit to when the last Cradle book comes out. Um, I think around that time, we're going to have a little progression fantasy. Uh, uh, I don't know. Read a lot of progression fantasy books, some of which we have some recon- recommendations for on the subreddit. So we are... We are looking at you guys' recommendations, uh, and we'll take some of those when we're doing our progression fantasy. Uh, like era, what's ma- the word? Marathon. Ooh, era's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> montage, maybe do a little montage. montage. Our our era's tour is progression fantasy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, if you're not a if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, then you don't get that joke. Yeah, I, I don't, but. but thanks thanks okay. luke um okay yes yeah, so we'll do that i think we also talked about doing potentially some murder bot diaries like continuing that series as well um so we got a lot yeah. coming up in uh may and june but as always we'll be coming up with hot takes and being dumb nerds 